Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this installment of Start Now and Success Later. My name is Brandon Russ and I'm an Associate Advisor at Whitley Penn in the WP Wealth Group. Today I'm joined by my colleague and qualified plan expert, Rebecca Sierp, to give us the lowdown on the 401k plans. How's it going today, Rebecca? Good, Brandon. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Um, all right, Rebecca, let's just get straight into it. Uh, I think the first thing, you know, we're all wondering. Uh, kind of the big question surrounding 401ks is why is it called a 401k? In my opinion, uh, it, it honestly makes more sense to call it an employer IRA. Um, so where did that name come from? So 401k is actually a feature of a qualified plan. Um, so it used to be where there's just profit sharing only plans and they added this feature and that's why it's called 401k. Um, and it allows employees to contribute a portion of their wages to a retirement account. Um, this is on an elective basis and is in addition to any employer contributions. All right. So, Rebecca, with 401k plans, who can participate? Um, am I immediately eligible once I begin working with my new employer? That's going to depend on the plan document. So, employers set up different eligibility periods and entry dates. Um, some may be as early as 90 days. Others may require you to work for them for a year before you're able to enter the plan. Uh, so that's gonna all be dependent and written out in your employer's plan document. Yeah, and usually that'll be covered on your first day and uh, as you go through all that HR stuff at the beginning. So just something to kind of be aware of. Um, but as I kind of suggested earlier, at its core, a 401k account is pretty much an IRA just through your employer. Uh, Rebecca, what are some of the similarities that a 401k account has with an IRA? Well, it's designed to be a savings vehicle for retirement on an individual basis. Um, so depending on the type of contribution, 401ks and IRAs um, may be tax deductible. And opposite of that, what would make a 401k plan unique from an IRA? So one of the biggest um, factors that are different in a 401k plan is the contribution amounts. Um, where you're limited in an IRA to what you can put in on an annual basis. Uh, for, for 2021, you're able to put in um, $19,500, and if you're age 50 or older, $26,000. And then in addition to those increased contribution amounts, you also have um, the ability to receive employer contributions. Right, and as Rebecca said, your employer has the ability to contribute. Just because a plan is offered, that doesn't guarantee that there's actually an employer contribution. Uh, definitely something else to look out for when enrolling in your plan. Uh, if, Rebecca, if my employer 
doesn't have a match, should I still participate in the plan? Absolutely. And you still get the benefits of lowering your taxable income and you also get the tax deferral of gains. Awesome. Um, we love tax benefits over here, don't we? <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> um, so for the 2021 year, um, you said I can contribute up to 19500 uh, assuming I'm not over age 50. Do these contributions have to come from a paycheck or can I deposit uh, money from an outside account into my 401k? Uh, so 401k contributions are required to be deducted from your income. So unfortunately, you get an extra uh, check from somewhere, maybe like perhaps a stimulus check. You're not able to deposit that since it's outside of a payroll deduction. Gotcha. So pretty much just salary deferrals. That's correct. Um, so the age-old question, Rebecca, and we get this probably 100% of the time we go out for enrollment meetings, uh, how much should I contribute or you know, how do I determine how much I should contribute? So um, if you look out in the industry standards and what they recommend as a good savings amount, it's going to be 10 to 15% of your income on an annual basis. Now, obviously that's a lot. Um, whether you're just starting out or midway through your career, um, it's going to really depend on what you're able and comfortable to do from your pay. So I always recommend starting out small and making gradual increases over time. Um, at the very least, you would want to contribute enough to be eligible for your employer's match if that is what's being offered in your plan. You certainly don't want to leave any money on the table. Um, also, there's other factors that are considered um, when you're setting up your deferrals and how much you need to save. It's really going to be based on a couple of different things. Um, how much you've already saved, how much you do need during retirement, how many more years you're going to be working, and then what your goals look like um, during and before retirement. So if you're going to buy a vacation home, you're going to buy a boat, um, you plan on doing extra travel, that's all going to be something you need to be thinking about when you start um, setting up your deferrals out of your check to make sure you have enough uh, saved for retirement. Yeah, and I definitely want to hammer that point home that at least contribute enough to be eligible for your full employer match. Uh, that's free money that you're offered, so definitely take advantage of that. Um, once I choose an amount to contribute, am I stuck with that amount? Or you know, how often or at all can I change that? Um, so depend again on the plan document. Um, your employer is going to put those provisions in the plan. Um, so you may be limited to how often you can make changes. Um, however, most plans do allow you to stop your contributions at any time. Um, it's also common for plans to have what's called an auto increase option that allows you to set your deferrals to be increased a certain percentage um, every year. So it's kind of one of those set it and forget it ways for you to reach your goal a little bit easier. Um, so now switching gears here from kind of contributing to the actual investments of a 401k. Uh, you know, some plans can offer a lot of different investment options. Who chooses what funds are offered in your plan? So ultimately, your employer is going to be responsible for approving the investment options for the plan. Um, however, most will work with an advisor who will assist in developing the lineup, which of course our, our group is familiar with. So um, typically, the employer is looking for some guidance and making sure that the investment lineup is um, fully diversified, that the participants have 
choices um, that are low cost options. And then as a fiduciary, they're gonna be responsible for reviewing those investments on an ongoing basis. And usually that's with the assistance of an advisor like our team does. Right, and for those of you out there who are not sure what a fiduciary is, essentially what that boils down to is uh, a fiduciary has the responsibility to put their uh, clients ahead of clients' interests ahead of their own, so they're actually like required to look out for your best interest. Um, but looking at this list of everything offered in my plan, assuming I'm not a pro investor, how should I approach choosing the investments in the plan that are right for me? So that's a great question. Um, it can be overwhelming. It's first hard to decide how much you want to have taken out of your check, then where do you want to invest or how do you want it invested? Um, so I know a lot of plans are set up where they give their participants um, or their employees a risk questionnaire to complete so they can kind of determine what their uh, level of risk is, where they're comfortable investing. Um, and then in addition to having the individual fund choices, they may also have um, model portfolios, which are usually risk-based portfolios um, from conservative all the way up to aggressive. And then a very common choice um, within a 401k plan is target date funds, um, which is another choice that an employee has to pick. So individuals, uh, model portfolios, and then target date funds. Can you kind of elaborate more on target date funds? What is a target date fund? So a target date fund is a fund that's basically designed to target a specific time frame. So that ideally the year in which the investor plans to begin using the assets. So the asset allocation is designed to be more aggressive the longer the time frame and more conservative the shorter the time frame. So if you're really young, um, you may say, for instance, just getting enrolled in your plan this year, you may pick a target date fund that's 2055. So you can imagine that that's a really long time frame. You've got um, from now up through 2055 to begin saving or to save for retirement. So with that amount of time, you have the ability to be more aggressive than someone who's closer to retirement, maybe age 55 or 60. So it's almost like someone's managing your portfolio for you. That's exactly correct. Um, and then, so the last option that you may be offered, um, depending on your plan provider, uh, is to have them manage it for you. So I know companies like Fidelity and Empower offer this. Uh, Rebecca, if I went this route, uh, is there anything I need to be made aware of? No, I don't. Um, you know, some sometimes I think these um, offerings are great because not all plans have a dedicated advisor. They may have a client service line that their employees can call for assistance, but having this um, ability to be able to add on this feature to the plan um, does come at a cost, but might be um, good for certain individuals who are looking for more specific guidance that they might not have available through a assigned advisor for the plan. All so right. really just wanna make sure you are aware that it's probably not free and you're gonna be paying the fee for it. All right, and to kind of wrap up investing, um, why is it so important to be constantly investing? Can you explain the concept of dollar cost averaging and what makes it so advantageous? Sure, so with dollar cost averaging, you are investing a fixed amount of money into the same funds at regular intervals over a set period of time. 
Um, so basically, the number of shares purchased each month will vary depending on the share price of the investment at the time of the purchase. So whether you realize it or not, that's exactly the same strategy you're using inside of your 401k plan. Your 401k contributions are the same amount each payroll, but made by a different number of investment shares. Um, since the share prices are going to fluctuate, when shares are more expensive, you'll obviously buy fewer versus when they are cheaper, you'll buy more. So as you buy more shares at a lower price, you reduce your average cost per share over time. So another great thing about dollar cost averaging is it makes it easy for 401k participants to get in the long-term gains of an investment. It takes the emotion out of investing by helping you avoid the temptation of timing the market. You're basically buying in at all points and you're not looking for that great day to put in a, a large amount of money. You're actually putting it in over um, the same amount over a longer period of time. Right. And as we've touched on in the budgeting episode previously, um, it's really great to automate stuff like this, especially savings. Um, so in a 401k, it really forces your hand to do that for you. Um, so that's really great. Um, so Rebecca, let's, um, let's say a few years have passed. I've been contributing to my 401k, built up a nice little balance for myself. Um, when do I get to access this money? So that's going to depend again on the plan document. Um, there's a couple of different options that you have with regards to withdrawals. Um, so in-service withdrawals may be an option if you're age 59 and a half or older. Um, this feature allows you to roll your vested dollars out of the plan and into an IRA or to request a distribution without being subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty. Another option may be a hardship withdrawal. So hardships are defined by the IRS and must be approved by your employer. Um, so those have to meet specific qualifications in order for you to be eligible. Um, and then the third would be loans. So really not a good idea to try and touch this money, but you know, like what if I really need it? Uh, what would be some of the cons of taking a loan per se? So one of the biggest cons is, is because you may lose investment gains, that money you borrowed is no longer invested. Um, additionally, if you leave your employer, you will be required to pay back the full balance of the loan within a specified period of time, or it will be deemed a distribution and you'll be taxed accordingly. So it can be pretty expensive. Something happened, you decided um, that you weren't gonna stay with your employer and you had that balance and couldn't afford to pay it back, then you would have to pay taxes on it. Would there be any pros to taking a loan then? So really the only pros that you know I could, I could really think of is if you run into a situation where you really need access to funds and are unable to borrow money from a bank or a traditional lender, um, this may be the only option you have. Um, essentially you're borrowing your own money so there's no credit checks, um, no loan application that you have to get approved for. Um, so that's really probably the only pro I could think of. And last thing on loans, how much am I able to take if I did decide to take a loan? So you're able to borrow 50% of your vested balance up to a maximum of 50,000. Um, you may have one loan, two or three loans, depending on your plan document. Um, you're gonna pay yourself back plus interest and those pay payments are going to be payroll deducted. And so fast forward a few more years, um, I'm leaving my employer so what happens to my 401k account that I've put all this time and money into? 
so depending on how long you've been with your employer and if there's any type of vesting schedules, you have a couple of different options. Um, so typically you have the ability to move your dollars that are your dollars that are vested to your new company's 401k plan if they offer one, to an individual IRA, or also to take a distribution, which would be um, something that we typically don't recommend because that is going to be a taxable event if you do take that money out. Um, so you just mentioned vesting. What is vesting or what does it mean to be vested? So vesting is a schedule that is applied to the employer contributions that you receive within your 401k account. Um, the money that you have withheld from your check or your deferrals are always going to be 100% vested. Um, employers have the ability to set a vesting schedule on those contributions that they put on the plan on behalf of the business. So typical vesting schedules could be um, three years all the way up to six years. Some are designed to be vested sooner. Some are designed to really help um, with employee retention and really reward those long-term employees by having a little bit longer vesting schedule. And uh, if I did decide to roll over my 401k, would this be taxable to me? Um, are, are, are there really any penalties associated with doing this? Uh, no, and actually rolling over is what we always recommend because if you roll it over into another qualified account, such as a 401k or an IRA, there's no, uh, it's not a taxable event, no taxes are going to be withheld, and there's no penalties associated with doing that you're essentially moving it from one retirement account to another. Yeah, and guys, if you do leave your employer, definitely roll over your plan. Um, you put all that money into it, you don't want it just floating out there and you don't really wanna forget about it or potentially uh, lose track of it. Um, Rebecca, if someone has questions regarding their plan specifically, who should they talk to? So if the plan works with an advisor, I would start there. Um, they will be able to answer questions beyond just the basic plan document. Um, such as helping you assess level of risk and choosing your investments. Um, for broader questions, you may contact your benefits or HR department for help. I think after listening to this, I don't know how many questions they'll really have. <laughs> um, Rebecca, kind of just to wrap up this whole topic of 401ks, do you have any closing thoughts? I really just think, as we always say when we go out to enrollment meetings, um, just to start saving the sooner you start saving the more you're going to have over time and you'll be surprised at how much a small percentage grows um, and just starting you know really tiny and building it up or building up how much you save um, each year becomes fairly easy after a certain period of time you don't miss those dollars and you end up um, being able to build yourself a nice retirement nest egg. Yeah, just think of all the time you have from age 21, 22 to 65, 70. Um, but Rebecca, thank you for coming on. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in again this week. Please like, comment, subscribe to the Whitley Penn Talks podcast channel wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, visit us on our website at www.wpwealth.com and give us a follow on LinkedIn. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks.